Welcome back to the Loveless Podcast. I am super excited about this episode because it is a birthday celebration for my best friend, Simone, who would be turning 42 this year. She passed away in 2018 and she was a Scorpio and absolutely loved her birthday. So this episode is about refusing to settle and delighting in your own power. Welcome to Love Liz, the podcast that's all about inspiring you to be yourself, find true love, and live your purpose. This is for all you seekers with deep desires who are struggling with your own self-worth and figuring out how to make your dreams come true. I'm your host, Liz Newcomer, actor turned Enneagram coach, human design practitioner, wife, and mama. I believe that who you are is enough to create the life and love you desire. Listen to find out why. I first met Simone in 1999. It was at orientation for NYU. There was this one seminar that we were required to go to. We were supposed to read Ragtime and neither of us had read it. And we're in this big circle, lots of people in the room, and we were supposed to go around and introduce ourselves. And I said, hi, I'm Liz. I'm from New Orleans. And she looked at me from across the room and she shouted, you're from New Orleans? Yeah, man. And all of a sudden it was as if no one else in the room existed except for me and her. She saw something in me that she was like, that person's going to be my friend and I'm going to go after what I want. This episode is all about how you get to go after what you want. You get to delight in yourself, in your power, in your life. You get to make all of those choices. And I know that because I saw her do it, how much she relished in living all the way up to the end of her days when she was 37. So what happened afterwards is we left. I was a little embarrassed having this one-on-one conversation in this group. And we were waiting for the elevator and she was like, you should give me your number and we should be friends. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. And we exchanged numbers. I leave the building. I meet up with my mom. We're on Broadway. My mom and I start walking uptown and I am telling my mom like, oh, I met someone, a new friend named Simone. And I, I turn around and I can actually see that Simone's a block away from us. We see Benetton. Remember Benetton? Remember units back in the day? Anyway, so my mom and I turn into Benetton. We're like, walking around the store. And next thing we know, Simone is across one of those places that has all of the t-shirts folded on top of it. And she's on the other side and she's looking at us. She's like, so you're going to call me, right? I'm like, I guess this girl really wants to be my friend. And that night I did call her. We ended up going to get sushi. I told her about my brother dying. She told me about her mom passing away from cancer. And There was something in the fact that we both had dealt with such grief at a young age. We were not playing any games. We were like, this friendship is on. This is happening. Simone blew my mind open to so many things, which I'm going to talk about in this episode. If you don't know these things already, I hope that I introduce them to you because of her. She was so ahead of her time. Things that are now in the mainstream, she was doing decades ago. 
The first thing that she really introduced me to was astrology. And she being a Scorpio, I was a Leo. She had this book, The Secret Language of Relationships, which I absolutely love to this day. You can pick the date that you were born and the date of whoever you're in a relationship with, whether it's romantic, friendship. You can see what you're best in, what you're worst in, what your strengths and challenges are. And our matchup was we were best in friendship. And one of the strengths of our relationship was sexual. Neither of us were attracted to each other in that way, but there was this absolute fire connection, this real intimacy that we would be going out. She grew up in New Jersey. I grew up in New Orleans. In high school, I would go to these local bars, these dive bars, nothing fancy. Meanwhile, Simone had been coming into the city, going to nightclubs from the time that she was 14. So she introduced me to this whole world in New York. We went to Lotus, Sway, Veruca. She would bring me to these places where celebrities would be hanging out. There would be lines out the door, down the block, intimidating bouncers. And she would walk us right past the line that everybody had been standing in. And she would go up to the bouncer and she would find some way to talk us into this club. And I was like a puppy dog whose owner was trying to bring me somewhere I didn't want to go, pulling back on my leash. And she was just yanking me like, come on, we're going to make this happen. We're not standing in this line. One of our mutual best friends told me that in order to make something happen, you could go through one of three doors. The first door is what's expected. You have to follow these rules. You have to be educated in this way. You have to work hard. You have to pull yourself up from your bootstraps. It's sort of the way that we are all conditioned socially. The second door is like nepotism. It's having some way in, knowing someone, having a connection, having privilege, and you can get through the second door. And the third way is you make your own door. And Simone just epitomized making her own door. If she wanted something, she was going to make it happen. Simone was a social eight on the Enneagram, and she really embodied that strength, that power, demanding, assertive, truth-telling, justice-loving, protective, that sweet, warm, vulnerable heart that beats underneath the tough exterior of a type eight, completely magnetic, powerful, taking action, not waiting around for anybody else to do something if she wanted to make it happen. So she would get us into these clubs. If I would go up to buy a drink, she'd be like, put your money away. We're going to get guys to buy us drinks. We're not paying for our own drinks. I developed this habit at that time where I would put my hand over my heart and it was a subconscious habit. I didn't even realize I did it except that Simone would kind of swat my hand off of my chest and she'd be like, don't do that. You look vulnerable. Never let them know that you're insecure. These eights who have this tender heart and ultimately are afraid of being controlled or overpowered, it was coming out of this place of, I don't want you to be taken advantage of for your vulnerability. And I'm going to protect you and I'm going to show you how to protect yourself. And eights are my greatest teachers. I'm absolutely obsessed when I meet an eight. I love their intensity. What I've learned from the eights in my life is how much I have to stand toe to toe, look them in the eye. And I think they encourage all of us to find that inner strength, to not back down, 
Simone was a dancer growing up. And so one of the things that we love to do going out to these clubs is just hitting the dance floor and moving our bodies without abandon. And she taught me that freedom of expression. People on the dance floor would be like, are y'all a couple? Like, are y'all a thing? Because they could feel this magnetic pull between us. I was just looking at her chart before I did this. And we are both generators, meaning we both have these open, welcoming, pulling auras here to do what lights us up, to follow our yeses and to honor our noes. But what I just realized is that we both have the same life theme, the unexpected, that we're here to bring radical change to those around us. And she definitely did that for me. I was definitely a goody two-shoes, rule follower. I grew up Presbyterian. So when Simone introduced astrology to me, and angels, oracle cards, at first I had this healthy amount of skepticism what are you even talking about? Spirit guides, spirit animals. In Soho, on the second floor of Raoul's, there was this tarot card reader and Simone brought me there. The tarot card reader gave me a reading right before I met my husband that described him to a T. What I love about oracle cards is that it's all about your interpretation of what the card says. And the way that you interpret it is this conversation that you have with your own intuition. And she practiced that and she taught me that. I think she always really got a kick out of when I would break the rules. This one day we were both in this theater history class that we had to take for our major. And it was a boring class. It was a small class, so it wasn't a huge lecture. And we're sitting next to each other and she writes me a note that says, do you want to go buy some lingerie? And I looked at her and I was like, yeah. Without saying one word, we grabbed our bags and left the room and went to the lingerie store on University Place. And we tried on beautiful bras and panties, laughed. And she was like, I can't believe you did it. She always knew how to get me to honor my inner rebel. Postgraduate school, she became a psychotherapist. I was waiting tables and acting. And we would meet at the Breslin next to the Ace Hotel. And we would get a Manhattan and chicken liver toast and we would talk. And sometimes she would convince me to get another Manhattan, two cocktails before I went to scene study acting class at night. Now I'm like, Liz, what were you thinking? But it was perfectly appropriate, I guess, to just have those rebellious moments in my 20s. We went out to dinner Simone, my mom, to Tavern on the Green, super fancy restaurant in Central Park. While we're there, as Simone starts to get full, she unbuttons her pants. She takes off her bra in the middle of the restaurant. My mom's like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, it's just so uncomfortable. And then later on in that conversation, my mom's name is Kate. She's like, Kate, how often do you masturbate? The audacity to have that conversation But she didn't care. She loved truth. She loved talking about real things. Let's not beat around the bush. Let's just go direct. What is it that I want to know? What is it that I'm curious about? And there were so many things that she loved that she was unapologetic about. She loved nature, mushrooms. She would collect seashells. She was redoing her room and she chose the theme boudoir botanicus 
that informed the color that she painted the walls. And it was this beautiful seafoam green almost. She even put glitter on the walls. She was the first person that I knew who meditated regularly, who would take time to grab a set of color pencils and color or paint at her grandmother's house. She loved having craft parties. So she'd have these egg decorating parties. There were times where she would just tap into this pure innocence, this joy, this childlike spirit, which is the emotional virtue of a type eight. So the vice is that insatiable lust for life to experience more and more. And then the emotional virtue is innocence. And it's the sense of wonder, the sense of real presence of just looking at the world with awe and delight. If she saw a dog pass us on the street, she would just melt into a puddle. Oh, you're such a chunk. Oh, you're so cute. There is no one on this earth like Mona. Because she showed all sides of herself. She just was expansive. This is what eights are here to teach us. Now, if you've been listening to these episodes, you probably know that I am used to beating myself up, making myself wrong or abandoning myself. And so she was this mirror to show me that I could choose a different way. And she would say to me, when are you going to realize how amazing you are? To Simone, life was really precious and she wasn't going to give her power away to anyone else. If there were challenges that she was going through, she faced them head on. She got really painful back surgery and she had all of her girlfriends gather together and we did a letting go ritual. And on her birthdays, like today, there were a group of women that she would assemble that she called the coven and we would all get together and she would give us some theme to dress up as. And we would put this altar together and she would savor these rites of passage. And for my bachelorette, she wanted to do a rite of passage, honoring this transition from being a single woman to being a married woman. And she said, what scares you the most about marriage? And I said that I won't be able to be the Madonna and the Mary Magdalene. And what I meant by that was not actually something religious, but it was the Madonna as being this maternal figure of purity and goodness. And then this Mary Magdalene figure, dark and sin and sexuality. And I was worried that I couldn't be both in my marriage, that I would feel like I had to show up as the Madonna to my husband or that he would judge the Mary Magdalene. And so we did this whole beautiful ritual around it. We danced to Robin and she just had this way of really honoring these experiences unapologetically. When her cancer came back, she called me on the phone. She was describing her plan for treatment. I started bawling, crying. And then she said, well, what else am I going to do? If it wasn't this, I would be dealing with something else. Radical acceptance. The last weekend that I spent with her was at her lake house and she couldn't move around very much. So she was instructing me from the couch how to make these gluten-free pancakes and how to make a fire. And even though she was so thin and weak, feeble, she still had this determination, this strength, knowing how to take care of herself and how to never give up. I think one of the biggest lessons that Simone taught me is encapsulated by this Marianne Williamson quote. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? Your playing small does not serve the world. 
There's nothing enlightening about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Simone liberated me. And my hope is that in sharing the story of her glorious life, that she inspires you to refuse to settle, to delight in your own power, and to savor every moment that you have on this earth. I hope this resonated with you. And until next time, love, Liz. If you're ready to stop struggling and start living the life and love you desire, I invite you to check out my one-on-one coaching program. I'm taking on a few new private clients and I'd love to help you create a life that is authentic, aligned, and fulfilling. Visit my website, elizabethnewcomer.com today to book your free consultation. Thank you.